Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> everywhere you look, everywhere you look, your heart is on. It's Full House Week. I've been watching Full House all week on Hulu, and I thought I would open up the show with the iconic, the iconic theme song that is Everywhere You Look, if that's the name of it. But that is my Yeah. I thought it was... Wow, yikes, I'm be quiet. What you thought it was? I thought it was Everywhere You Go. Is it? I don't know. You've been watching it all week. (laughs) 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 Okay. It is called, yep, I knew I was right. Everywhere you look. I am such a huge fan of Full House. Fun fact about Patrick Harris. Oh, I shouldn't have said my last name. But fun fact about Patrick is... I used to wake up at 5 a.m. when I was in middle school. I didn't have to be to school till 8. But I used to wake up at 5 a.m. so that, so that I can catch Full House episodes back to back on Nick. Was it Nick at Was it Nick at night? I think it was Nick at night. Um, I was so obsessed with Full House. Like I, I, I was so obsessed with the show. I woke up at 5 a.m. just to sit in my damn bed and listen to Full House at 5 a.m. before I went to school. I mean, all throughout middle school. I and was then, waking up at 5 a.m. because school started at 7:30, and I had a 30-minute bus ride. Um, not quite, sis. And then <laughs> living. Single, Living Single came on at 6, from 6 to 7. And then at 7, I got up and then I watched um, some, what, what whatever was on Disney Channel or um, in the morning at 7. And then I was out of the door by like 7.45. And then um, when I got a little bit older, I drove myself to school. So my parents... Um, you know, they're just like, okay, you know, take yourself to school. So I still kept up that same routine, but I was so addicted to Full House, even though it is like the epitome of whiteness to me. Um, like the show is just, it's uber white. Um, but I just, I, 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 it's one of those shows that I just loved. Can we watch Living Single anywhere right now? Hulu, yep. Wait, Living Singles on Hulu? Every episode. I did not know that. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Because it's one of those shows I've been thinking like, oh, I would like really enjoy that as an adult now. And I would probably really understand a lot more of it. Yeah. But didn't know it was anywhere streaming. So, yeah. Thank you. No problem. It's great. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Common Sense Podcast. We have made it to the 20s. Woo! Yikes! So excited, <laughs> aren't you? Welcome to episode number twenty, everyone. You know what our names are. You almost did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is that we do, and you know what we're here for. Another week of talking about things that our president and our Congress and our media don't give a damn about, and that is the education of our children. Here in the United States, and then some. You said our president, like we have the same one. Oh. Yikes. Who's your president? <laughs> my president is my goddamn cat, okay? Rain. <laughs> she, don't talk about, she don't talk about education either. That's a goddamn problem. <laughs> Period. You have any good news this week? What's going on in your world, girl? Um, so we're in the last little stretch of 2018. There are only, I think, 10 days left until Christmas break. What's today? Whatever day it is. It's a, yeah, I think there's 10 days left 
Um, and we have a half day, and we get out an hour earlier this year than we did last year. So I'm excited about that. So I think that's what's going to get me to the 20th, I believe. That's when I'm done. So that's very exciting because there were times when I thought I wasn't going to make it to this point. Oh, Jesus. I, I didn't know if you were either. I was preparing myself for both of us to be unemployed on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> wow. Do you have any good news you want to share? Well, first, I'm very proud of you for making it. You know, like that's that's good. Pat yourself on the back for that. Real talk. Kiss your brain. Kiss your brain. I tell my kids that when we do things, I'm like, give yourself a like kiss your brain. And then I tell them like, say, oh, I'm a genius. And so you have like 20 kindergartners saying I'm a genius. And it's the most adorable thing ever. But sounds adorable. I sound found myself to sound really ridiculous as I just said it. (laughs) Um, Yes. So um, what's good? What's going on? Well, I found my passport. Yes, I found my passport. Yes, I found my passport so I can now leave the country. I can now postpone my trip. I just find things that just coming together. I have job offers on the table, honey. So I just need to pick the right one. Um, I have some money that is coming out of thin air. Money, money. Can you believe that my apartment has been charging me the wrong rent? Oh, like this is money out of real thin air. Like my rent is actually less than what I've been paying for the past two years. Did they get someone like they hired someone new who caught this error or how did this? So they thought that I that I owed money or that I owed more. But I was trying to tell them that my rent is this amount, but they actually found out it was less than what I thought it was. So with that, they were like, oh, it's actually a hundred something dollars less than what we told you that it was because I'm in this special program. So now they have to go through and add up all the money that I paid and then subtract that from the amount that is old. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a, very nice credit by the time uh, yeah you said two years yeah two years by paying over at least 200 something dollars so i am just so grateful because as i said on the last episode november was hell it was hell and now i have a rose up <laughs> and so not i just the, not, the, not the preacher laugh that's right before they start the the closing i'm gonna close y'all and all right right i just need five more minutes um so yeah so that that has been fantastic and i know that i am going to be back in a classroom soon i'm really excited about that but i'm also terrified because i want to make sure i still got it you you know what i'm saying which i know that i do because you know I've been reading and I've been observing and I've been in these schools with these kids all around the country. Okay. Not really all around the country, <laughs> but, um, you know, between the Midwest and the East Coast. So um, it's been interesting. I'm really excited to announce that in the dramatic fashion that it will be because it's been a long time coming. Amen. Amen. Hi. That's um Buddhist for amen, by the oh, way. Okay. And that and by Buddhist I mean um South Korean or Korean Jesus. When I transferred into my first year of teaching, the elementary school that I was in was all about college. All the classrooms were named after colleges. There were classroom, uh, I'm sorry, college pennants. Is that, is, that, is that what they're called? Yeah. Pennants? Yeah. Pennants all around the school. Um, each class had college chants because the idea is these black kids from the hood don't know nothing about college. So we're going to get them college and career. Well, excuse me, not career, college ready 
by creating this college-bound school in elementary. And in the moment, you know, with my classroom, Michigan State, you know, I wasn't allowed to call it Mr. Harris's classroom or classroom 212. It was Michigan State University. What? Oh, yeah. Like, the the kids and I took on the identity of Michigan State University. Um, and so it has brought me to really think about, as I see more of this on Instagram, um, this this push for creating a college, a culture of college um, in particularly elementary schools. But I wonder all schools, like what are the implications of pushing college to our students? You know, I don't think I see it as often in middle schools as I see it happening in elementaries. Really? Granted, granted, obviously, I'm um, an elementary teacher, but my friends that I see that teach middle school, like, that doesn't seem to be so heavy as it is in elementary schools. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe they're too busy focusing on the tests in sixth and eighth grade. I thought it was like, well, if you catch them early and you make them love the idea of college early, then it's more than likely that they'll go in high school or whatever. You think that creating a college um, themed elementary school is appropriate. Why can't we just be excited to be in the grade that we're in? That and it to me just like strips away what I truly believe is the underlining like theme of elementary school, which is imagination and creativity. Um, I don't so want it's interesting that you say that. So, like, imagination and creativity are an underlying thing for many elementary still, but you can almost guarantee. By zip code, which schools those are. Um, Because the experiences I have in like more affluent areas and suburban areas, those schools, those elementaries, no one is talking about college. Mm. You're not shoving that down kids' throats. It's schools that are predominantly black and brown and historically underserved communities that they're forcing that on them. And it's just like creativity and imagination they don't, a lot of times they're not allowed to thrive in those places because we have like this very narrow linear path to what we want you to do. And you need to be able to check these boxes and take these tests in order to get there to college, like you're saying. Right. And more so that we have deemed what success looks like. And before they the, even get started, before they get started, which to me is already screaming low expectations, right? That we don't believe in our education system enough to give students the tools to make choices for themselves. But instead, it's like, we don't even believe that you're going to make the right, that you're going to have the right choices from birth. So therefore, we're going to set you up on, like you said, this very linear path to go to college. And that's it, just to go. Actually navigating college, the academic piece and the social piece is another component that I think we often leave out of the discussion. But I personally don't think that conversations surrounding college solely should be taking place in elementary schools as heavily as they do. So, like, is it okay to talk about college at all? Like, what, yes. do, what do you think the line is? The naming of schools, the naming of classrooms, um, our homework is even college themed. Uh, uh, I think when we do panels um, or we have community guests come in and like they're just talking about this pathway to college, I think that it kind of forces children into this box that college is the only way to go. So I think the line is that whenever you talk about college, make sure you know that that's just one option to achieve whatever dream that they want to achieve. 
I think the real thing is not forcing students to want to go to college. I think the real thing for me is forcing students to be in a reflective state of wondering what it is that their hopes and dreams are. And if you know what your hopes and dreams are, then you should have um, a process in your mind that you kind of are putting together these puzzle pieces to figure out how can I actually achieve the things that I want to achieve? Um, Is college the right option? Is trade school the right option? Is going straight to work the right option? Is entrepreneurship the right option? I think there are so many um, ways that our children can be successful um, and college is not the only answer. I think that... um lends itself really well to like how we question and ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I don't remember where I read it or where I saw it rather, but last year I shifted from what do you want to be when you grow up to like what problem do you want to solve or who do you want to help when you're older? And that really like it gets children to think, I don't want to say outside of the box because like five and six, five and six year olds, like for a lot of them, the box is not there right there yet right like they have these big huge amount like dreams and to ask a child like who do you want to help when you grow up or what problem do you want to solve kind of it doesn't lend itself really well to that linear pathway to college right so like maybe I saw something where like a parent asked their child that and they said they just they want to be a helper they want to help people that can look like a lot of different things it doesn't mean that I have to go to college necessarily like I can help people in my community or I can help people doing X, Y, you know, like it just, there's a lot of different pathways you can take instead of what do you want to be when you grow up and then pigeonholing that into, well, a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, or, you know, X, Y, Z, and this is the path you need to take to do that. And more and more children are seeing examples of success that are so non-traditional. And even like, unusual to us like yesterday i found out there's like a seven-year-old that makes 22 million or maybe two million off of youtube videos like how do you prepare a, a how do you prepare children for the possibility that this is the way that they could be making a living like you don't have to go to college for that yes absolutely like why do i have to um go to college when i can get on the internet and make reaction videos and monetize that and move forward right that's a that's digital content creation like that's marketing and advertising and like and if for those children who have those really quirky personalities like they might be able to make a substantial living out of that that's an industry that's not going anywhere those reaction um, videos are kind of creepy to me though like i cannot <laughs> I cannot sit through them. So like my little cousin, she likes, if you're familiar with young children, um, LOL surprise dolls are this thing now. And you can literally watch videos of kids like unwrapping the LOL surprise dolls and they make money off of this stuff. I love reaction videos. I, I, I just, it's so odd to me just because it's like you could be having that same experience yourself, but you're sitting here watching the video of, of another person open the toy for you i don't know yep i've been on youtube every single day watching people react to meek mills um album to Nicki minaj's good form video to cardi cardi b's announcement about breaking up with offset i don't know someone was like um it sounds a lot like barbara and sheila Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, our listeners don't know don't know nothing about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that it's really not a hard conversation. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have any conversations about college because college is a real reality. But so is that debt, right? Oh and, God, yeah. Right, and we're like sending. No well, one talked about that before. Like, no. it's this huge, like, rah, 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 college, 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 get a degree. But, like, you are not telling these children that, like, you are going to be paying on this degree for, for some people 20, 30, 40 years. It's ridiculous. For some people, their whole entire life. And I don't know about you, but I teach Title One kids, right? And so what does it mean to tell kids who grow up in low-income areas that 
the college, this very expensive thing is something that they have to do in order to be successful, right? You know, or sometimes we, we don't talk about the cost at all. And then we build this thing up for children to want to do. And then it ends up not being. A, yeah. You find out yep. how much it is and it's it's no longer realistically attainable. Like nope. there's no way I can justify that when I'm when I, I and I'm speaking from experience. Like there's no way you can like justify that out of cost pocket when we're struggling to decide if it's going to be the lights or like getting all of the groceries. Mm. What do you mean I'm paying $3,000 to sit in a class? Mm, that I don't feel a hundred percent prepared for, and therefore that creates a whole other scenario as well. <laughs> I don't really know what are the tools needed for a child to be prepared to tackle the academic rigor of college. I don't know. That's a good question. So there's this really cool organization. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Avid. Have you heard of Avid? No. Um, and I could be completely like I'm just explaining it from like what I see on the outside but it seems like this um, organization I see them a lot in middle school and high school but it kind of it takes kids on those college trips and provides that additional academic support to get them ready um, for college so a lot of times it's after school tutoring and like there's a mentorship component um, and that seems like something that would be beneficial for a lot of kids if you are going to have that college readiness aspect at least be providing some additional support um, as well and I remember in my high school they had like a little lab and there was a lady there all all day and you could go in you could work on scholarships she helped with FAFSA she like she was really that missing piece that a lot of us would have struggled with the paperwork um, with a lot of us being you know, first-gen college students our parents didn't have experience with all of the pieces along the line to getting us to college, but she was there to kind of fill in that spot. Um, so I think pieces like that are critical if you are going to be like pushing so hard for, you know, college attendance or going, getting kids off to college. Yep. Um, I also had a career center person as well. His name was Mr. Swain and he was also, um, somewhat of a support system not so much but i was able to get into quite a few colleges in michigan um you know thanks to his help sort of uh, no shade i'm sorry that was no shame is this way i loved you it's like they're kind of like trickling over to high school um my high school so they had the avid teacher but we also had a course and now that I'm saying it, it kind of makes me want to like dig deeper into what this looks like on a transcript. But we literally had a, a class where, well, my junior year, we voted like if we wanted to have a child development course because I was in an education cluster. Um, so I was doing ready, set, teach, yada, yada, yada. But we decided as a, a senior class, if we were going to continue with having a child development course or like a financial literacy scholarship course combo type thing. And so obviously everyone voted to like nix the child development course our senior year. And we had an entire period. It's like a B schedule, an entire period each week to just apply to college and work on the scholarships and to have that extra support there. Um, and our, our teacher, she just, every week, she just sent out a list of like scholarships that we were eligible for. And you just spend that whole time sitting and applying for those scholarships so that you could have the money to go off to college which I really appreciated because um, I ended up getting a few that, you know, I didn't even think I would get, which in the long run helped me have less debt as I came out of undergrad. So thinking oh, things yes. like that help make a difference in the long run for kids. If you are going to push them through that pathway. I think the most Im important thing about the college discussion in K through 12 period is letting is preparing students and letting them know that college is an option for them. Right. It's not the option, but it's an option. Okay. A N because O is a vowel. Good. Look at you. <laughs> know a few things. <laughs> Cause you got your college degree, right? 
<laughs> okay. I would love to see a course um, in fifth grade, eighth grade, and maybe 11th and 12th grade where students are just actually reflecting and thinking and making a plan on like what will truly make me happy like some sort of course where they're planning for that um and like seeing how they change over time and being able to reflect on their life and think about what what's the status of my family um you you know what are the barriers that i have to kind of jump over to get where I need to go. Um, I would love to see something like that in the future. I think, like, I really think it's something recent with the rise of charter schools. I think there's a relationship. Mm, I think so, too. Yikes. Yikes. Maybe something to dig deeper in. Yep. We're not done with this discussion yet, but we're done for now. We'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back. If you have questions, you can send them to us at commonsensepod at gmail.com or through our amazing new website, thanks to Patrick, at (laughs) at commonsensepod.com. So usually we have questions, but for our 20th episode, we're doing something a little different. We have a few questions that we're going to ask each other to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. And so I don't know his questions and he doesn't know mine. So this should be fun. Do you want to start or should I start? Go ahead, girl. Okay. Um, What state or country do you never want to go back to? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, well, many people don't know that I work for the Department of Defense. Um, and so I had the really unique opportunity of traveling across the country while I was in college and my first year of teaching, traveling across the country, working with military children, or does that make sense? Yeah. Children that are military families whose parents are either about to deploy or they're about to come home. And so we worked on skills and um, different uh, competencies to help them to cope with that trauma. So I got a chance to travel to some really rural parts of our country, to the west side, to uh, Puerto Rico, um, all over the Midwest, the East, the South. I probably have gone to about 40 states because of that program. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so with that being said, I am probably going to go with Alabama. Um, you know, I went to Alabama. Shocker. Yeah, it just screamed racism to me. And yeah, I yeah. that is no shade to anybody who actually lives in Alabama. Um, but I think that's something that you have to kind of grow up in to understand. But as a Detroiter, I um, got to Alabama at probably 10 o'clock p.m. when my plane landed. And I had to drive to the hotel, which was um, probably about 20 minutes away from the airport. And I got lost and I ended up on this dirt road, which put me in like this... Uh, similar to like a trailer park area and all i could think was like get out you know what i'm saying in a not so nice neighborhood or like the chainsaw massacre but racism style um and so like i i just i know this is a stereotype so i'm like cringing as i say this but the sheer uncomfort that i felt like had everything to do with the history of generations of racism um that exist in i mean you shouldn't feel bad because mississippi and alabama are places i just don't feel like stopping in so no and you should yeah i think that was probably one of the worst places um that i had gone to in my tenure as a um as an intern what about you you've gone Um, a lot of So I'll go with the country. I have no interest in ever returning to Costa Rica. Um, 
It's a okay, beautiful. Now hold on. Yikes! Now I went to Costa Rica last year and I had a blast. So what's up? What's up? Yeah, Costa Rica's fine, and I don't know if I was just underwhelmed because I traveled so much this past summer. But by the time I got to Costa Rica, I was like, okay, next or thank you, next. Really, that's how I felt about Costa Rica. Thank you, next. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like the why? forests were beautiful. The rainforest. Um, it felt just like Houston. Um, it was very Americanized. And I think when I travel, like, it depends on what you travel for, right? So when I travel, I travel to, in a sense, and to a certain degree, like, get the experience of someone who lives there. I, I don't do tourist traps. I I don't go to high-end places. Like, all I require is that my bed is clean and that I have access to a shower. I will eat street food. Like, I will I will do all of it. And so I was very disappointed in what I experienced in Costa Rica. I I was expecting something different. Uh, mm. So, yeah, Costa Rica is not it for me. Yikes. I loved Costa Rica so much. I just wish that I um, traveled to the other side of the island more, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> do you have a question? I do have a question. You ready? Let's go. Insert Jeopardy music. Um. What is one stereotype that you live up to? Oh, my God. <laughs> this goes into my next question. And it's awful. I am usually late. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, CP time is a thing for me. And it may be because most of the things I'm doing are with other black people. And so nothing ever starts on time. Y'all can't repeat that, though. Um. And so I am usually walking in at the time that I'm supposed to be if I'm on time or I'm anywhere from five to seven minutes late. It's not something I'm proud of. I want to do better. But yeah, yeah, that's a stereotype. Yeah, I, I'm kind of wishy-washy with, 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 with the late thing. Um, it depends on the occasion like if i'm going to a party i would normally show up late because that's just the code but there's not a time on parties like you're never supposed to show up right at the time the party starts yeah but i feel like when i show up late to parties now i feel like i'm like really late you know like like people are leaving late or like like people are settled late oh yeah you you have to find the right time it's like it's like 45 minutes in 45 to an hour sometimes but it's a delicate like, balance but an hour and a half it's like you're pushing it you know yeah, it's you're like, pushing it like don't give the host a reason to be like yo i know you were still coming you know what i'm saying made it. that'd be me <laughs> so that was my second question are you usually late or early <laughs> i am never early anywhere um if i am early it is by accident mm. so yeah. I am usually late, but I attempt to be early. I'm thinking about the last school that I visited. Um, I was late getting there, even though I was I got to the place. I traveled there by train and I got there probably like an hour early and I got lost on the way to the damn school and I ended up being late, which it wasn't a big deal. But in my head, I was like, I really tried, like, you know, to be late. But most times, especially when it comes to work, I'm always early to work. Um, and I normally uh, show up either right on time or a little bit late when it comes to hanging out socially. Thanks and for it making makes- me feel bad. Sorry. And if it makes any, any difference, I love going to bed early as opposed to staying up late. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll be up all night. But like when you said you're early to work, literally, I'm the teacher that's walking in at the time with my bag. Like, OK, y'all, let's go. Picking my kids up from the cafeteria. We are getting the room ready together in the morning. So my kids know I don't live at school. What's your le- next question? What mistake... Do you keep making that you should have learned a long time ago? That's a tough one. Um, 
I feel like you should have briefed me on this so I would have time for, like, an eloquent response. Yikes. I don't know. Miss Perfect. I am not perfect. You know, (laughs) it's a, like... I guess it ties to me being late. Like, okay, so I live close to everything, literally, like everything. And I underestimate the fact that I live in the fourth largest city in the country. And so in my head, when I like get ready to go somewhere, in my head, I'm thinking of the time without any traffic, without parking, right? So I'm like, oh, it's only 10 minutes away. When in fact, it is now 35 minutes away because it's 6 p.m. And so I never look at Google Maps before I leave to go anywhere. And that, like, it messes me up every single time, even, like, driving to work in the morning recently. Like, I know in my head it takes me 23 minutes to get to work, but I've not been checking the the maps. And I have consistently been taking the wrong way to get there, which is putting me, like, right on the dot at when I'm supposed to be there. And that's not really, like, an intense mistake, but it's really annoying. (laughs) like i should just know to open google maps and check but at the same time i don't want google like tracking my every move that way like you're really paranoid about that i really am i am because like i've been getting ads of things i've never even said out loud like things i've been thinking it's like they there's i don't know i don't like it at all so i will not open it to check because there will be tracking my where I go I even turn that off in iPhone settings so like there's this setting where you can go and it'll show like where you go and how much time you spent there and the route you took I don't like that I turned it off (laughs) you don't need that information I don't even need it it's incriminating (laughs) so what about you (laughs) same question Oh (laughs) oh wow um I think for me one is to always pay yourself first when you, when you get a check, right? I think I can get so intimidated by the amount of bills that I have that I want to just pay them off and then I don't leave enough money to, like, spend properly. That's real. Like, that really annoys me. Um, I think another lesson that I'm still kind of struggling with is um i hate disappointing people like that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is i don't like people like feeling like damn i i let them down or something of that nature but i get in my head a lot when it comes to like mistakes that i've made or missing a deadline or um or, you know, making some sort of error. So I would kind of dig myself in this hole where it's like, okay, Patrick, it didn't have to be this bad, but it's even worse now because you didn't do what you were supposed to do or you were too much in your head um, or, you, or, or you weren't as honest as you needed to be because you were afraid of disappointing somebody that you cared about, right? So I'm like, working on that, um, those kind of lessons in my life. That's real. Okay, one more question. Let's go. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Okay, sorry. So the first answer I had was not appropriate for this podcast. (laughs) So I'm trying to like, sift through those um inappropriate inappropriate okay so i think everyone should go to their parents and tell them how they felt about their upbringing yikes why (laughs) because so many people that i know um and but mostly me like myself we have so much trauma um growing up based on the parenting styles and mistakes um of the folks who raised us 
And I think that many of us, we deal with it on our own. Um, We go to therapy, some of us. We are dealing with it as an adult, but we never really circle back and say, you know what, mom, you know what, dad, you, you know what, grandma, like the you doing this to me growing up has made me this way and I don't like it or like I'm really upset with you about it and we need to have a discussion about it so that I then can heal and move forward. But instead we kind of internalize this um, and then we wonder, well, why do I get this way when this certain situation happens or um, like, why does this happen here? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then we don't really understand the origin um, be, be, because we haven't really gone back um, to our parents to solve those hidden issues. Sounds like some accountable talk. It sounds like some. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that a lot of us would be afraid to have. Yeah. Because of. It's, it's yeah. not a, it's not an easy conversation, right? Because no matter what, our many of our parents, I believe, have tried their best to be the best parents that they could be, despite the circumstances that they've had. I know my mom has, right? But I also know that my parents have made some mistakes growing up that I had to address with them when I was um, in in college to make some of my decisions make sense, right? It's like oh, I'm doing this because of this. Um, and we had to have some some difficult talks, but I feel like a better person, like a better man, because I went back and cleaned some of that up for my own self. I don't know if I'm ready to try that. It's okay. But it's a nice idea. <laughs> Take your time, beloved. Um, mine is not nearly as deep and intense. I think everyone should go skydiving. Okay, I've done that. And ziplining. Ziplining before skydiving. I did, like, the longest zipline when I was in Costa Rica. Yes, me too. It's probably the, yeah, it's probably the only positive thing I have to say about Costa Rica. But that that was amazing. Everyone should do it. Yeah. It's beautiful. You get a view that you, like, never would have had you not gone ziplining. I actually went ziplining in a thunderstorm in Costa Rica. Nice. It was so scary. It was like drizzling when I went. So Did you do the Superman? I don't know, but it was scary because it was lightning and we had to go fast and quick because we, we didn't want to get caught up in the trees forever. I didn't get to do the Superman because I said I, w- I didn't weigh enough. <sighs> they were like, you're going to get out there halfway through and then you're going to stop. So you, you have to sit like like normal. <laughs> I was really disappointed, but you know, I still got the view. So. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> you know, skydiving is great. I went skydiving in South Africa back in 2013. Um, and I was the only person that didn't land in the landing zone. I landed in um, a bunch of corn st- stalks. Was that how you say that? Corn stalks. Yeah. yeah. Leave it to you to not follow directions. Oh, is that how that go? Put them. I think so, yeah. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Last question. You ready? Yes, let's go. All right. What are you most proud of this school year? All this white space. It's just quiet. Um... I was going to try to think of like something in the classroom, but more than anything, I'm, I'm proud that I'm going to be done with grad school. Like, though I I have my comments and concerns about the program and how competent some of its professors were, um, it was not an easy task, like, teaching full-time and going to grad school. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be done with that. That's what I'm most proud of. And you got through that really difficult class. And can you just tell the people that, about how much you learned um, throughout oh, your... what I learned in the class? What I learned in the class? In general, in grad school. Do you want, like, the real answer, or... Yes, that's why I asked. Oh. Um, I didn't... 
I hate to say I felt like I didn't learn anything, right? Because you can you can learn any you can learn something from anything. I, I really believe that. Um but I really I feel like all of the information I was given, all of the assignments that I had, like that information was easily accessible online. Um and there was no way in hell people should be paying as much as they do for some of these grad school programs. Um, more than anything, I think the program taught me to dive into random research rabbit holes of my own. Um, and I think that's what I got out of the program. Like now I know how and where to go looking for more information. It's not necessarily that I learned so much from the program so like it would have been a great program had I not gone to school in undergrad for education right um and if I didn't consistently read about new things happening in the education educational system or if I didn't just try to stay as up to date on things as possible it, it would have been a great program but because I am an active learner and I'm always seeking new things out it just kind of felt lackluster and like I would have been very angry had I paid completely out of pocket for it. Um, and I didn't, which is why I, I try to keep my complaints to a minimum or whatever. Um, but yeah. So it could have been better. Um, they can just run me my degree at this point. <laughs> <laughs> run me my money. Well, my paper. Yeah, that. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about grad school. And like, if you were on the fence about grad school, I would really honestly say, look at like the, the investment versus the outcome. So if you're about to spend 10, I don't even know how much grad school, like $30,000, if you're about to spend that much and it's not going to show up on your check, why the hell are you doing that? And that's like, that's honestly like if I had not been in the program that I was in and had the the payment situation that I did, I wouldn't have gone to grad school anytime soon. I would have waited until somebody had the coins to pay for it for me. Because it does not show back up on your check in the classroom at all. Nope. And at that point, it's like it's just a dumb financial decision. And I said dumb, like I intentionally use the word dumb. I'm like, it is what it is. It, it makes no sense unless you were just rolling in money. And many of us are not, so... All right. Checkmate. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, Jesus. It's been a hell of a year. Half year. Yeah. <laughs> it has. Um, it ain't even May, fam. Bam. Let's see. I think I'm most proud of having a uh, courageous conversation with an administrator about how I felt in regards to um like my reaction to their leadership style um you know i've been picking this fight for many years now you know i want teachers to feel more empowered to make more courageous decisions and I don't think I have led that charge throughout my years. Like in the first two years when I've come up against an administrator who has um, shut me down and degraded me um, as a professional and as a human being, my first instinct said to run and to go to a, another school. And so this year I attempted to do something different Um and I was proud of myself for doing that. Now, it did put a a target on my back, but uh, which then in turn got me fired. However, I was proud of myself for doing that in general, right? And I think that um, it just is kind of fueling me to do something more. You know what I'm saying? I, I want more teachers at the table. I want more teachers in 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 leadership roles in schools. Um and I I have such a huge vision for that. And so like that conversation has like made me learn so much about um 
how we can move that vision forward. Um, I'm also just extremely proud of this podcast and what it has become over the last 20 weeks. That's a long time. <laughs> 20 weeks. 20 weeks. Yeah, over the last wow. 20 weeks, right? And that's, that's more than a semester of college. Yeah, absolutely. We started in the beginning of August. So um, I'm just so thankful for all of the listeners who continue to tune in every week. Um, and thank you for rocking with us. And we have some really exciting things coming in the future. Um, some really, really cool things. Uh, one last thing. Okay. <laughs> one last thing about the principal thing, right? I don't necessarily think that you know, me being fired has defined all of who I am. But I definitely think that it was necessary for this to happen because I needed to sit down with myself and learn and listen um, and and kind of go through some things. I'm proud of myself for accepting help when it was offered That's to real. me, right? I'm proud That's of myself, real. even if I didn't need it from some people, no shade. Um, but I'm proud of myself for at least accepting it, especially from my family, because I hate accepting help from them. Um, I am very proud of myself for that. And um, I'm going to be even more proud of this decision that I'm about to make in regards to my career. I'm so excited about it. And nobody knows it. Not even me. So. Um, <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, but I will make some um a decision soon and I'll definitely let you let you all know. Um and I think that is all we were, all she wrote. With that being said, if you have questions for us, um if you have questions that you want to ask us personally or questions about your classroom or whatever else, you can send them to Common Sense Pod at gmail.com or through our website at commonsensepod.com. That's right. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Sense Podcast. Subscribe at our website at www.commonsensepod.com and receive the episode a day early. You can also subscribe to the Common Sense Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. We love seeing your reviews. Um, and reading them and it helps spread the message to other educators each time a review is posted yes and we'll see you next time 